0: as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you.
1: With 40 days of prayer, that is the series that we are in. That evening, the group of people that came out in half 30-minute shifts prayed out the old year and prayed in the new year. Uh, That's the first time that that's been done while I've been a member of Faith Baptist Church, and that's a lot of years now. But there is nothing more powerful than prayer. Right now our nation needs your prayers. People are saying, "What can we do about this? What can we do?" And I say, "Pray." Oh, we've got to be able to do more than that. Listen to me. There is nothing more powerful than you can that you can do than take the whole situation, the politics, the division, all of it. There is nothing more powerful than getting God involved and praying for our nation. We need prayer. I've shared with you very transparently that I've been really good at reading through the Bible, and I have been not so good in my prayer life. I have never been satisfied with my prayer life. On the other hand, i'm not sure that i've ever met anyone who was satisfied with their prayer life i suspect that every one of us could improve our prayer life if we would now in this second of the series of of messages on 40 days of prayer we've already read the scripture where jesus said this is the way you should pray we don't do what we just did because It is not the prayer that we are supposed to pray. It is an example. It is a way to pray. This is the way that you ought to pray. The prayer begins then with our Father in heaven. You know, when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, I wonder if sometimes the hard part of prayer is just knowing how to get started. And I like the fact that we have a clear example of who to address and how to get started praying. Whether you pray silently or aloud, you address the God of heaven, but you're allowed to call him Father. You see, when you do that, our Father in heaven, you are acknowledging that you have a relationship with God. Our right to pray is based on that foundation of a personal relationship with the Creator God. I have said before, God died in order to give you that right. He was dying to have a relationship with you. Would to God that everyone under under the sound of my voice would be that anxious to have a personal relationship with God. When you pray that, you're you're acknowledging your relationship. You're acknowledging his existence. I hate it when they pray in the movies and somebody says, God, I don't know if you're up there or not. If you don't know whether he's up there or not, why are you praying? I, I love It's a Wonderful Life, but he says, God, I'm just not a praying man. I want to be a praying man. I want God to know the sound of my voice. I want to be accustomed to calling on Him. I have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. By the way, our Father in Heaven designates who He is. That He is not just a Father like my Father on earth. He is my Father in heaven. Well, my dad is with the Lord, so my Father is in heaven. But he is not the heavenly Father. He is not Father God. He is not the deity in heaven. I have a Father in heaven upon whom I can call. You have a Father who is the God of heaven. And I want you to understand that He wants to hear from you. He waits daily to hear from you. He wants to hear your voice. The second part of the pattern of prayer, hallowed be your name. That does not say hallowed be your name. You know, I think people say that over and over again. Rodney, I don't think they have any idea what hallowed means hallowed be your name what does that mean um i guess in good southern you would say Holy Holy holified be your name but betty the idea is may your name be kept holy or reverenced as holy and this is adoration it is a part of our prayer where we begin with adoration praise of God, lifting him up, recognizing that he is high and almighty. We adore him. In fact, uh, if you were here during the time that we did the pray in the new year, or if you've gone to the church center app and downloaded the suggested 30 minute prayer that I I gave you, I used the ACTS, the ACTS outline for that prayer adoration confession thanksgiving and supplication you see our prayer time ought to be more than just a wish list like you make out your christmas list or your birthday list these are the things i want sometimes our prayer consists only of gimme gimme give me that's not how it's supposed to be It should begin with addressing God with reverence and with love, and then begin with adoration. It should be more than a wish list. It ought to be a season of worship. Somebody says, I I don't know how to do that. It's easy. Uh, Go to 1 Chronicles 29 and just read David's prayer. All the things that he said about God, God alone, God majestic, read the Psalms. When you're reading the Psalms, write down some of those verses and read the verses or quote the verses in your prayer. It should be a time of adoration. And then the next phrase, your kingdom come. That is a statement of cooperation we are agreeing with God, we're getting on board with God, that, Lord, I want your kingdom to grow. I want to be a part of that. I am in your favor. I am on your side. I want to be used of you. Listen, your kingdom come may seem like something that is not important, but when you're praying, you need to realize you're talking to the Lord of Lord King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you dare not ever pray something that is against his kingdom. You can't, Don, you can't pray something to the king that's against his kingdom. We have to be in agreement with him. And Charles, I think that the principle is you put his kingdom first, and then you can expect all the other things to follow i think he said that seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added to you if we really believe who he is if we really believe that he is the king of kings and lord of lords we would cry even so come lord jesus you see he's saying thy kingdom come man i'm ready I'm ready for him to step back into this earth. I want to see his entire kingdom. I want to see the fulfillment of all scripture. I want to see Jesus. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The next phrase, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a statement of submission lord i'm willing to do what you want me to do you know even jesus prayed not my will but thy will be done i suspect that there are people in the crowd today who need to pray that prayer thy will be done i mean what is it that god is asking you to do There are some of you who need to be saved. You need to come to God in repentance and faith. You need to acknowledge who Jesus is, that He is the only begotten Son of God. You need to call upon Him for salvation. You need to believe you need to be saved. There are some of you who need to follow the Lord in baptism. You've been saved, but you you haven't been baptized. You need to follow the Lord in baptism. I don't know what's keeping you from coming. There are some of you who need to join or rejoin Faith Baptist Church. What is God's will for your life? Are you willing to lay it all down to surrender your plans, your ideas, your wishes, and say, Thy will be done. Thy will be done in Faith Baptist Church. Thy will be done in the United States of America. Thy will be done in my life. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you submitted to God's will for your life? Will you make that decision today? Will you submit to God's direction and God's will for your life. The next phrase, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. That is a statement of provision. It's, Brenda, you remember what they said in Kenya when we first got there? There was a colloquial term for your daily provisions. It was sabuni, soap. And, and people would pray, Lord, give me my soap. Go figure. I, well, I guess, Catherine, you need soap every day, right? And so that just became a colloquialism for your daily provisions. Lord, give me my soap. That is, give me everything I need. We are totally dependent upon God. Listen, uh, praying for soap, that may sound strange. Of course, it was. Remember, that's a colloquialism for... All your daily, everything I need, give me everything I need. But understand, there is nothing so trivial that God does not care and nothing so big or so large that He can't handle it. Ask him. He wants you to ask, and he loves to provide our needs. He says, and forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins. That word debt, that's talking about sin. Forgive our sin. Now, I guess there's some people who don't need their sins forgiven. When I was in seminary near about 100 years ago, I was called upon to pray at a basketball game. Our school was playing basketball against the Pentecostal school in town, and they called on me to pray. And I had developed the habit of praying, "Forgive us our sins." I, I, Charles, I prayed, "Forgive us of our sins," and the Pentecostal crowd broke up laughing. I guess, I guess they don't sin. Maybe they don't have to ask. I don't know. But it's the example is, "Forgive us of our sins." Forgiveness is cleansing. God has provided a way to cleanse you of all your sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is ask believing. Believe on who he is and call on him and he will wash your sins away. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That is, as we forgive the people who have offended us. That is a commitment. The person who prays that is saying, I need to be forgiven, and because you have forgiven me, I'm willing to forgive others. I've I've asked the question, which of your sins was not covered by the cross? Which one? Which one was too great? Which one was too dirty? What sin did Christ not die for? Listen, he died for all of them. And when you were saved, you were cleansed of all of your sin. Okay, if that's the case, why do I have to pray now? Forgive me of my sin. Forgive my debts. It's a statement about fellowship. It's a statement about relationship with God. We pray for forgiveness that we might have the right fellowship and the right relationship with Him. Listen, forgiveness enhances, enables fellowship. That's true among friends. That's true among church members. But it's just as true with God. Forgiveness enables fellowship. Listen. Which ones were not covered? Which ones were not forgiven? Listen. Remembering that He has forgiven all our sins. All of them. What offense If somebody's committed against me could i not forgive considering all that i've been forgiven what offense could i not forgive someone else forgive forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation that is a statement of protection of protection Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. And that prayer, lead us not into temptation, has the idea, Lord, if it's possible, don't let something happen in my life. Was that an amen, Walter? Andrea? Thank you. Don't let something happen in my life that will put me to the test, that will challenge my faith. One preacher said, Lord, don't let my house burn down. God may allow things like that into our life to test our faith, and the prayer is, Lord, don't let me be tempted, don't let me face testing and trial, lead me not into temptation, but." Deliver us from the evil one, which is a statement of deliverance. The preacher who said, Lord, don't let my house burn down, said what this means is, but if it does, don't let me be overcome with that temptation. Don't let me be wrong. Don't let me do something dumb. Don't let me rebel against you. Lead me not into temptation, But deliver me from the power of the evil one. By the way, I know that the traditional translation is deliver me from evil. But the the accurate translation is deliver me from the evil one. We need to recognize who our enemy is. And friend, it's not somebody sitting across the room from you. It's not somebody sitting across the breakfast table from you. It's not somebody at the job, not even the guy who signs your check. The real enemy is the tempter, Satan himself. And the truth is, we do not have the power within ourselves to overcome him. We need God's power. We need God to deliver us. But we can have faith in God because He has overcome the evil one. He can do it. He has done it. And He can deliver us if we will just trust Him and call on Him. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us Deliver us from the evil one. Are you in a position right now where the devil's had you down and he is walking all over you? I mean, you have been trampled. You've been cast down and walked over. Listen, God is a God of second chances. God is a God of fortieth chances. God is the God of another chance. Would you hear His call? Would you hear His voice? And let Him lift you up. Let Him deliver you. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then the next phrase, the final phrase. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever i've i've put the word for you to write doxology that means that the prayer ends in the same way it began it began with adoration an address and then adoration and it ends with a doxology a praise at the end when you do that this is actually a quote and i think i forgot to write down this is 1 Chronicles 29, 11. it is a part of that verse and the next. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. It is acknowledging who God is. It is a way of ending the prayer in exaltation. It is acknowledging that He is who He says He is, that He hears us when He prays, and that he will answer do you believe that do you believe that he is that he is who he says he is do you believe that he will do what he says he will do he is the god of heaven and he is waiting for you morning after morning day after day to meet with you he wants to hear your voice and to hear you pray listen when you have come into the presence of god and have done business with him grant that's an old-fashioned way of saying it isn't it have you done business with god well that's exactly what i've just been saying what that means is that you have acknowledged who he is that he exists And that He hears you and answers your prayers. It means that you have agreed to work with Him toward the advance of His kingdom. And it means that you have surrendered to His will for your life. Have you done business with God? Are you now depending on Him for provision, for protection, and for deliverance. That's what we mean when we say doing business with God. You've heard His voice, you've heard His call, you've surrendered to His will, and you're depending on Him. Oh, by the way, there's one more word Amen. I know. Amen and a woman, right? dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Amen has nothing to do with a man. It is a Hebrew word that means yes, may it be so. It is affirmation and agreement. Mike, everything I've said, amen. May it be just like that. Shelly, the staff has become accustomed to me to using the Picard, Captain Picard statement, make it so. Well, that's amen. That's exactly what it is. We've said all these things, and we look at the Father, and we say, Lord, may it be so. May it be so. Basically, Joe, it's saying yes to God. Yes, Lord. Yes. Have you, sent, have you said yes to God? Listen to me. Every time, say yes. Always say yes to God. Say yes to God every time. Right now, as He speaks to your heart, as He leads you according to His will, I don't know every heart and every mind, but I know that God does. If He's speaking to you a commitment, a decision that you need to make, as He draws you, as He speaks to your heart, will you say yes? Will you say yes to God? I want you to stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. I've gotten into the habit, and I like it, of giving you an invitation. I know this has not always been that way. But at the end of the message, I want to give the opportunity for the Spirit of God to move and to draw people. If there is a commitment, a decision that you need to make, this is the time. Would you come? I'll be glad to pray with you. You can just come and pray here at the altar alone if that's what you wish. But as God speaks to your heart, will you say yes? To God. Those of you in your living room, if God's convicting you of a decision you need to make, I'm asking you right now, bow your head before God or raise your hands to Him and say, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes. Will you do that?